Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Monday, October 17th, 2022, coming to you live from snowy Wisconsin. Uh, well, I was in uh, cloudy San Diego uh, Wednesday through Saturday last week. Uh, weather was, is fine there, of course. Uh, <laughs> stayed between like 64 and 70 the whole, all day, every day. Um, but uh, it was cloudy and misty, especially the first couple days. And uh, only yesterday started to break through about time to, or yesterday, Saturday. Uh, and then it was time to leave. But anyway, it's good to be back um, home, of course, and back with the flock that God has entrusted to me. So we're here to pray together, and uh, we'll do that here now in a moment. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, new memory verse for the week. Of course, still, uh, as we're working through the first article of the Creed, we have a memory verse attached to that, the creation account according to St. John the Evangelist from his Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. John 1, 1 through 3. Right, what a clever uh, turn of phrase that John makes here, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? So now we have the divine Word, the Logos, being attached um, to, as a person of God, right? He, so then he's given that um, second, per, uh, excuse me, third person singular, he, uh, male, also, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So now we have the very um, creator, the word, cre- the word that created, I should say, being incarnate and born of the Virgin Mary. This is where John's going, right? Um, so this is the reason why when we studied Genesis a couple weeks ago, in the beginning of Genesis, that we spoke of God the Son bringing all things into being. Well, it's because this is the, the revelation um, of St. John. All right. Of course, it was always true. It's now revealed, though. Uh, welcome, everybody. I didn't greet you. I'll do that now. We've got Karen, uh, Gus and Eileen, Don and Karen, uh, Mom, all on Facebook, on YouTube, Vicky and Defresh. Good to have you all. Those of you who watch or listen later in the day, greetings to you as well. All right. Our psalm this week, speaking of creation, is Psalm 139, the first 18 verses. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. 
Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely, the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is bright as day, as the day, for darkness is as light to you, or with you. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You saw, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Good. Speaking of creation, our catechism this week, I should say, is the explanation to the first article, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. All right, we're continuing uh, with our daily reading in the Gospel according to St. John, now chapter 2. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, Then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. All right, good. Uh, So, John chapter 2, continuing where we left off. The first sign, this is an Epiphany reading, of course, for the first Sunday in Epiphany, because it's the... uh, of Jesus manifesting his glory, right? Manifest, you know the hymn. 
Um, of course, his disciples believed in him. So this is the purpose of his manifestation um, through signs, right? John has seven signs, the seventh, of course, being the crucifixion, um, and the second to last being, of course, death um, and the resurrection of Lazarus. That might be the seventh sign. Depends on how you want to number those signs. Uh, I think you can either do it as seven or eight. The um, If I remember right, uh, what what is he manifesting here? The best wine is saved until now, right? So there, there is a way that we think of um, the Garden of Eden as being, you know, the thing that we're trying to um, get back to. We're trying to, you know, we're east of Eden, and we want to get back to Eden. Uh, and there's some truth to that, of course. We want restored amongst us what was lost. But, on the other hand, in Christ, especially in the resurrection and the eternal life that is promised to us, I think we have something even better than Eden, right? Um, not just Eden restored, um, but the whole host of heaven numbered, right? All the saints and angels, um, everyone who who will and has and um, is now believing, being resurrected to eternal life, to dwell with Christ and worship, right? The object of our worship now um, is properly the Son um, who has redeemed us, lost and condemned people, right? And there's there's a completion, actually, a perfection that we're looking forward to, uh, the the telestai, the telestai of, of the cross, uh, is coming, right? So in one sense, yes, we want to get back to the garden, but in another sense, the garden just had Adam and then Eve, right? There were no children. There were uh, there was not the the fullness of the of the of the earth, which was uh, um, God's blessing upon all creatures, including Adam and Eve, right? And so now we will see the completion of that, and Jesus is beginning to manifest that by saying that we have kept the good wine until now, right? The, the, in a sense, the garden is in the garden that we read about in Genesis is inferior because it isn't uh, it isn't complete, right? It hasn't been finished, but it will be finished in the resurrection and eternal life of all the dead, right? And that will be the good wine that will come later. Of course, uh, the prophets understood this. Um, Jesus may be um, well. Of course, he's reflecting upon you know Isaiah, you know the feast of well-aged wine of uh, bones full of marrow, right? the eternal feast of the Lamb and His kingdom. All right. Yeah, Vicky says, wow, I never thought of that. Um, I haven't either. <laughs> that was just a realization about, I've never, I don't think I've ever specifically preached on verse 10. So um, just thinking about what that's all about. Maybe there's more to be said there. All right. So back to the garden then, Genesis 3, beginning in verse 16. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake, and toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden 
and a flaming sword, which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. All right. Um, So on Friday, you heard about the curse to the serpent, right? We talked about head crushing and all of that, right? And the promise of the Messiah, the offspring um, that would, the seed, I should say, that would fulfill the promise, right? And now we pick up uh, first the serpent. Remember, this is all an inverse. Um, God goes to Adam. Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the serpent. So then God curses the serpent. Then he will re- returns to Eve. And what's the curse then spoken upon the woman? I like to call this the consequence, right? Rule breaking, right? For violating the 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 uh, both inherent and explicit spoken word of God, she will bring forth children in pain. Her desire will be for her husband's headship, and then he will rule over her. All right. So the second half of this, I realized this morning, it's 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 written two children, four children. Right. It's it's a one to one correlation. What did Eve do? She subverted her husband's authority by failing to heed the word that he had spoken to her. Right. And instead, putting her word above his. Well, and also the word of the serpent. So we have that. Um, and so that, that will continue. What began in the garden continues. It's not, it's not something new. It's not like God is uh, making things worse in another way. It's in the way that she has already brought into the world, right? And then he will be um, a tyrant over her, right? Um, and of course, bringing forth children, right? Uh, is that directed only to the actual delivery of children, do you think? Of course, the women in the group will know, those watching. Of course, um, it's not just the... Um, delivery of children, but even um, the monthly, every month she will be reminded of death through her bleeding, of course, with pain. And then uh, I think it's also extended as she watches her children sin, she knows that they too will die, right? And sometimes even um, are given by God um, to watch their own children die. There's all sorts of pain and sorrow in conception and conceiving children, right? And of course, raising them is often a pain in the backside, as they say. This desire for a husband, again, what is, it, what is God talking about? Again, this is the, um, the ordering of, of the family, of, of the marriage, right? She will desire things that belong, rightly belong to her husband's office, that are his responsibility, right? So she will try to snatch that away from him. Uh, we have a colloquial phrase for this, wearing the pants in the family, right? Uh, and why will her husband rule over her? All right, it's reciprocated, right? Of course. Um, no longer will they readily help and comfort each other as God had given them to do, but a man will sinfully and forcefully exercise his authority over her, partly because she envies it or has taken it, um, and, and also just simply reciprocating. Right. Of course, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, he did not rule over her before sin, right? And he doesn't have to rule over her afterwards either. It can they can actually forgive each other, right. hmm. and that might make uh, that will change things. What had Adam done incorrectly then, um, as he's cursed, and specifically here in verse seventeen, right? Adam's curse is a consequences consequence of him listening to his wife, of course, in contradiction to God and His word. Right. What is cursed because of Adam? Again, vocationally, the woman was cursed with bearing children, or in her bearing of children, not cursed with bearing children, of course. Ooh, that's a Freudian slip. Uh, no, 
she's blessed with the bearing of children, but then that will become also difficult for her. So Adam, Adam was blessed with the gift of work, but now that will be difficult for him, right? The ground in particular, which was his responsibility to care for. So now he will have toil and difficulty in that work, right? The ground itself not yielding up its fruit, you know, but rather um, thorns and thistles. Ah, thorns. We can't help but hear um, a connection to another Adam. Um, and that Adam would, of course, be Jesus, right? And there, the children all remember the story of the crown on, on Jesus' head, right, of thorns. Uh, and one of the children rightly um, recognized that um, that's the, the thorns represent sin, and they, sin was put on Jesus' head. Exactly. He bears the curse for us. And the final result of that curse is that he will return to dust. All right. Oh, Chris, I see you jumped on. Um, don't count on Facebook no- or YouTube notifications, although you, you can try. Uh, maybe just set an alarm <laughs> in your phone or something, right? And then just jump on t- and bookmark the page or whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, what does Adam name his wife? Interesting. Eve, right? Which sounds like in Hebrew, um, living, right? And uh, it's it means mother of all the living. Of course, um, it, the children she will bear, will they live? Ah, uh, not quite, right? Uh, except for one, right? Remember the curse to the serpent, which Adam heard, because they're all standing there, that the offspring, the seed of the woman that will crush the serpent's head, right? And that will bring life and immortality to light. Right? So through her would come one who would destroy death and give life to all who trust in the seed. Here again, you might think of John's gospel, um, John chapter 11. This is with the re- resurrection of Lazarus. Again, that last sign um, where Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Right? So this is that this is the pattern. This has been true from Adam and Eve forward. They looked, um, even in death, they looked forward to the life that would be restored to man through the promised offspring, right? And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And uh, Martha said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world, right? The Son of God. Isn't that incredible? Incredible statement. Because I think it's pointing exactly to this text. All right. And then um, tunics of skin, right? God made for them. Far superior uh, articles of clothing, as my children pointed out last night. We looked at this a little ahead of time because they're gone on Monday nights, right? So we looked at it last night. But uh, he makes garments of skin. Well, what what would he have needed to do in order to have garments of skin? Actually, more death, right? But this time, bloody animals, bloody skins of animals that have been sacrificed by God on their behalf right? So already we have that picture of the necessity of, of a sacrifice to make atonement for sin, to cover our sin or shame. Because clothing, being clothed, also important, um, Old Testament and New Testament, in particular New Testament, we confess that we have been covered in the bloody clothes of Christ's righteousness through holy baptism, right? Clothed in Christ. Now God sends them out of the garden um, does he do this out of love or out of punishment? Is this law or gospel? Is it good for them or is it furthering the, the curse? No. As he explicitly says here, he sends them out in love, right? 
that they not eat of the tree and live um, forever in death, actually, forever dying. You know, to return to the garden um, in sin and to eat of that tree of life forever would actually, um, that's a picture of hell, apart from God dying forever. Hmm. And again, God emphasizes the dust you shall return, right? Dust you are into dust you shall return by saying, He's being driven away from the ground from which he was taken. What did uh, God do after driving the man out? It says here, place cherubim at the east of the garden, right, with a flaming sword, turning every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Of course, the flaming sword that guards the way to the tree of life is the word of God. Right? You might think of uh, St. Paul in Ephesians. I'm going to go to it so I don't get the quote wrong. Um, he says this elsewhere too. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Right. So the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Elsewhere he calls the Word a sharp two-edged sword, piercing to the division of bone and marrow. Right. Okay, so it's the Word that's prohibiting them from eating of that tree. Right. Of course, that Word will direct them toward a different tree that brings life rather than brings eternal death. So to summarize, the curse of death is placed upon all for sin. The woman is certainly reminded of the curse at childbirth, but also each month her bleeding reminds her that death has taken the place of life. Likewise, the children, which were to be a great joy of procreation that is bringing forth life and nurturing it, shall also be a lifelong worry and pain for her. Yet it is through a woman that the Father would bring forth his Son through the conception by the Holy Spirit, who came upon the woman by means of the Word. The thorns and thistles of the curse would be placed firmly upon the head of Jesus, who came to bear the curse for us through his bitter suffering upon the cross. The last Adam would be laid in the dust of the tomb, that he may clothe us in the bloody garments of his righteousness." His body hanging upon the tree of the cross becomes the tree of life, whose fruit is for the healing of the nations. Each time we come to the Lord's Supper, we feast on this healing fruit and are promised that we shall enter paradise. Depart in peace, right? The flaming sword of God's word cuts deeply into our hearts to kill the old Adam within us and to purify our hearts by firmly planting the new man, Jesus, within us. All right. Yeah, where was the Garden of Eden located? Uh, Well, if you remember last week, or was it two weeks ago, we talked about the four rivers. Uh, my mother actually shared a video with me, which uh, I think I neglected to watch, actually, um, talking about maybe the potential location. I think um, the way that Moses is is recording this for us is that those four rivers, the Havilah, the, the Pishon, um, the, Tig- the Euphrates, and maybe, was it Tigris, maybe? Um, that those four rivers are geographically those that are there to this day after the flood. Um, but the, the um, geography is being being given to give us approximate location of where the where the garden is. Um, but it was certainly destroyed by the flood, right? So our access to that garden, um, it's not even possible for us to approach that garden again. Christ is leading us to a different garden, right? Uh, eternal life and new heavens and new earth. So good question. All right, our hymn this week is Luther's um, catechesis. Uh, actually, yeah, it's catechetical hymn on the creed. So he set the creed 
and really his explanation of the creeds, creeds three, three articles, to a hymn. The hymn using a Latin chant tune, um, which is fairly difficult to sing, actually, because uh, of the range. It goes from a low C all the way up to a high E. But uh, so it is, and uh, kids had no problem singing it, so... I'm gonna have problems with the ease today because my th- my uh, throat is a little. I got a little post nasal drip, you know. I got the sniffles, but we'll uh, do our best to sing it. And I failed to actually give us the tune, so let me pull that in here while I'm chit chatting. All right, there's that. Um, thankfully, now uh, the new newly installed internet fiber optic connection is. Uh, Actually, relatively fast, right? My connection at home is faster in some regards, but uh, but that's okay, because we're out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, there's also a metrical version of it. This is the chant version. All right, good. Let's sing. Right. If you've been a part of the parish as I've served, you probably know that uh, pretty well. That's just the first stanza, but we'll sing uh, more tomorrow. Hopefully I'll be a little bit clearer, congested. It'll be easier to sing. All right. Let's pray the first article. Uh, yeah. Heavenly Father, you are God Almighty, and the maker of heaven and earth, the creator and sustainer of all things. We give thanks to you that you have made us and all creatures that you have given us our bodies and souls, eyes, ears, and all our members, our reason and all our senses, and that you still take care of them. You also give us clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, spouse and children, land, animals, and all we have. You richly and daily provide us with all that we need to support us in our body and life. You defend us against all danger and guard and protect us from all evil. All this you do for us out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in us, grant us through the grace of your only begotten Son to believe that this is most certainly true and to ever thank and praise, serve and obey you as long as we live. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. Oh, we do have a commemoration today. I neglected to look at that in advance. Uh, Today is Ignatius of Antioch. Of course, you know all, you could tell me all about Ignatius, I bet. 
or not. All right, um, here we go. Ignatius was the bishop of Antioch in Syria at the beginning of the 2nd century AD, you know, the 100s, and an early Christian martyr. Near the end of the reign of Roman Emperor Trajan, AD 98-117, Ignatius was arrested, taken in chains to Rome, and eventually thrown to the wild beasts in the arena. On the way to Rome, he wrote letters to the Christians at Ephesus, Magnesia, Tralles, Rome, Philadelphia, and Smyrna, as well as to Polycarp, Bishop of Smyrna. In the letters, which are beautifully pastoral in tone, Ignatius warned against certain heresies or false teachings. He also repeatedly stressed the full humanity and deity of Christ, the reality of Christ's bodily presence in the Lord's Supper, the supreme authority of the bishop, and the unity of the church found in her bishops. Ignatius was the first to use the word Catholic to describe the universality of the church. His Christ-centeredness, his courage in the face of martyrdom, and his zeal for the truth over against false doctrine are a lasting legacy to the church. All right, let us pray. Almighty God, we praise your name for Ignatius of Antioch, pastor and martyr. He offered himself as grain to be ground by the teeth of wild beasts so that he might present to you the pure bread of sacrifice. Accept the willing tribute of all that we are and all that we have and give us a portion in the pure and unspotted offering of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray the collect for this week. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for all vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray with Jackie and Nicole, who celebrated their birthday yesterday, today with Ray and Sarah. Also, we pray with Paul and Bev, who both have celebrated their baptism. Uh, I guess we miss Crystal's anniversary. We pray with her. We also pray for the households of our church, especially Patty, Ray, and Susie, uh, Ron, Dan, and Bonnie, Willis, Ed, and Bev. We pray in Thanksgiving, continuing for the work of Jonathan and Carrie in Bible translation. We pray for our catechumens, Christian, Wyatt, Aaliyah, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly. We pray for those ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Christopher, Dan, Brad, Ron, Marla, Betty, Pat, and Heidi. Pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, Paul, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially yet this month for Orphan Grain Train. Pray an intercession for a blessed end to this life and a blessed resurrection to eternal life. And continue to pray for those suffering the effects of Hurricane Ian. And we pray for Wendell, who continues to grieve the death of his mother. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. 
And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, it's been a joy to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. Um, come to you each morning, and we'll see you again tomorrow morning. It's good to be back. Um, try to get back to the grind. Make sure uh, everything is being cared for well here. Um, let's see. I think everything technologically actually worked on Sunday after uh, last week's hiccups, so that's good. So um, you can go and watch the complete divine service or just the sermon, although for some reason lip syncs off on that, but oh well. Um, also the Bible class, we resumed our study of Ezekiel, so we looked at the end of chapter one, which we didn't get to um, two weeks ago. So it took us a little bit, but we wanted to make sure we focused on Christ's fulfillment of the vision of Ezekiel chapter one. So that uh, Bible study is available as a video on YouTube, as well um, as a um, all of this available as podcasts as well. So you can listen to the sermon or the Bible study um, as you go about your work throughout the day. All right. So you are welcome, Don, and all the rest. And I hope to see you again tomorrow. God be with you. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.